WRKS Pickens Jackson. Live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. We're back. It's the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming live worldwide on the Out of Bounds Radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that thing? The Zone. All right, the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, uh, brought to you by Core Cryotherapy and Wellness in the Township, uh, IV Therapies, and the Cryotherapy Chamber. Great for your immune system. Check it out across from Sombra today. This is 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. We welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page. Luke Holman, former Alabama pitcher, down to Mississippi State, and LSU chooses LSU, so we thought we'd bring Steve Robertson on. Uh, Steve, uh, that was a blow for the Hell State baseball program coaches. Um, do you want to kind of comment on that and then move to what, what could shake out here over the next week or so as far as some other options? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it, it's it's a blow. You know, it's not a death blow. I mean, some you know, some people are acting like we're going to bulldoze the stadium, you know, and not play baseball anymore but that's not that's not true uh yeah and, and you know the thing we've talked about on your show before is you know luke holman is not the next paul schemes that's not fair to him if people suggest that or anything you know it feels eerily similar because you know this time last year the same situation unfolded with state losing schemes to lsu and uh it was a very back and forth deal you know after the um after after the tennessee visit and the mississippi state visit you know the family said, hey, Mississippi State's in a great place with us. The LSU visit, they get a lick and forth, and, and you know, in, in the end, you know, he picked the national champions. And, um, you know, there, there are worse options out there, I guess. But, you know, State, you know, you needed that bona fide Friday night guy. And the truth of the matter is I think he is the, he was the last remaining true Friday night guy in the portal. And so that's, I think, where the angst comes from is you're, you're going into next year again – Without a true bona fide Friday night guy, um, so you, you wish him the best. But the, the the worst thing about it is, not only do you not get him, now you got to play against him. You know that that's right. the double whammy in the whole thing. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of frustration about it, and, and um, you know some of it's warranted. But the reality of it is, is that uh, you know when you're going head to head with an Apple champions, it's tough to it's tough to beat them. But you know Lamontis has got to find a way to do do that on a more regular basis. Okay, so what's next for? Lamonis and the baseball program, Steve. Well, you know, Purdue's Friday night guy, Cal Steven, was on campus earlier this week, and uh, he's the guy that actually played on Team Indiana with uh, with Nate Dome, and so there's a connection there. You know, we talked about uh, you know Cade Wood, a kid from Monroe, leaving Alabama, going to LSU, and that you know, being one of the drawing cards. You know, so the situation's kind of reversed now, where you've got a uh, another Power Five arm that is considering your program that has a personal connection to a player on your roster. And, and uh, you know, Steven was the best pitcher at Purdue last year. Um, you know, on, on a team that wasn't very good. He was the only weekend starter to have a winning record on the year and, and didn't get a ton of run support. But, uh, you know, he's a big, strong, 6'4", 215-pound right-hander that's just tearing up the cape right now. And uh, that makes you feel pretty good. And, you know, what I was told by a Major League Baseball scout is he's probably a Saturday or Sunday guy. And you add in Carson Ligon, who was the Friday night guy at Miami before he had a little stiffness there. So 
you've got some options. And I think, you know, sometimes when we get caught up in the, the emotion of the moment, you forget if, if State can add, you know, Cal Steven to go along with Carson Liggins, that's two Power Five weekend starters that you added you didn't have a year ago. And, you know, you'll be exponentially better as a result of that, not to mention what you've got, you know, coming in and coming back. And uh, still hearing a lot of good positive chatter about Bradley Lofton, about what people expect him to be. And so uh, it's not the end of the world. But, yeah, having Luke Coleman probably, you know, I think most people right now around college baseball expect State to be a regional team next year. And I had one Major League Baseball scout that told me Mississippi State right now has a top 25 roster because if you add Luke Holman, that probably takes you to the top 15. You add Braden Montgomery, it gets you in the top five. I mean, that's how significant that is. You know, State still appears to be in a good situation with Braden Montgomery, but I do know that Stanford's working hard to get him back. But uh, as one of our posters pointed out, he's removed Stanford from his uh, bio on Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, looking at it through the eyes of these millennials, apparently he's broken up with them. So, what uh, this is one of our shorter segments, Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. What, uh, when, when do you expect Braden Montgomery to make a decision? When he gets back from the Cape, whenever that is. I mean, that could be a week, could be two weeks, but I think he's going to let summer baseball play out. I don't, I don't think he's going to take a ton of visits. I know he's got a lot of options, but, uh, yeah, I, I think we're probably, last week I was told it would probably come next week, and now I'm hearing it may come a little later. You know, it still may be seven to ten days, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But, you know, even Kendall Rogers, you know, you know, saying, hey, I expect Montgomery to go to Mississippi State barring a mild surprise. And so there's, I'd say there's optimism more so than confidence, though. You know, it's like it is so significant because you get a guy like Braden Montgomery, you, know, you go from being, hey, a really, a really good lineup, you know, to being an elite lineup by adding a guy like Braden Montgomery. And that's kind of, it's one of those significant battles that you know, Chris Simonis and Mississippi State needs to win if they really want to make a serious run of things next year. Okay. What, uh, anything else, are you expecting anything else in the portal other than the Purdue pitcher who's tied to Nate Dome? Well, I think the bottom line is you don't want to sign a guy just to sign a guy. And so I think ideally they'd like to add another bat, which would be Montgomery and, and, uh, two other arms. And so if you get Steven, you can't look for a best available, but if he's not better than what you have, you're just wasting time and effort, you know, and, and you got to give Justin Parker some time to work with these guys too. And, and when I interviewed Justin here um, a couple weeks ago, he is super excited about what he already has, you know. And uh, you, you think about Durangelo, I mean, just getting his confidence back. Because he was a guy that, you know, people forget, Durangelo has been a dominant pitcher his entire career. And then all of a sudden last year he kind of lost his confidence and, um, you know, lost control a little bit. So that's something that, that can be regained. I mean, we talk about prioritizing strike throwers. Durangelo has always been a strike thrower. So I'm eager to see what Parker can do with him and with yeah, Lawson and just kind of the returning group. All right, I've got about a minute and a half. What was going on with Mississippi State football yesterday? Yeah, Mississippi State, of course, had the uh, Summers Lamb cookout, had just about all the commitments on campus. Uh, there were some other guys that had team functions and couldn't make it. But, uh, you know, just a chance to get everybody bound, to kind of close out the summer recruiting process. You know, it's like there's so much that goes into this. You know, you get your unofficial visits in the spring game and, then you got your camps, and then this is a chance for everybody right before everybody shifts into football mode completely. And you know, to kind of remind everybody, hey, it is a group, it's a family, and give the guys a chance to interact. And so uh, and 
I don't think State's really pushing for commitments right now, but uh, we didn't expect any, and we didn't get any. But uh, the reality of it is, is that State's had a very successful summer, and now you shift into fall camp and get ready to hopefully have a very successful football season. When does fall camp start for MSU? Next week. Next wow. week. It snuck up on us. But, yeah, it's here. And you think about it, man, it's just over a month time. We'll be at Davis Wade Stadium preparing to play southeastern Louisiana. Okay. All right. Well, Steve, we appreciate the quick update on uh, baseball, and have a good weekend, man. Thank you. See you, bud. All right. Steve Robertson, Jeans Page, and the Boneyard Podcast on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Now the Purdue pitcher is in play after Luke Holman decides to go to LSU. Uh, The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by The Armory on Lake Harbor in Ridgeland. The Armory, Central Mississippi's number one source for top-of-the-line, best-in-class, premium firearms, optics, and suppressors. The Armory, Central Mississippi's number one source for top-of-the-line, best-in-class, premium firearms, optics, and suppressors. Here's where it is. Lake Harbor in Ridgeland. It's right in front of the Kroger. Beautiful building. The Armory in Ridgeland, right in front of Kroger, right across from Gateway Tire. You cannot miss it. Uh, we had John Mangum on the show earlier today. He's going in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame this weekend, along with the great group class. And uh, he played at McGee High School, University of Alabama, and in the NFL for nine years. We enjoyed having John on the show. You can find that on Apple Podcast. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds a little bit later in the morning. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. All right, good week this week. A um, little bit of a wild week with the travel down to the coast. But I thought all in all it went well. Uh, for me, it was cool. I had never interviewed Cedric Tillman. Uh, sorry, Lewis Tillman. Uh, Jackson State, NFL, New York Giants, Super Bowl champ under Bill Parcells. He told uh, what I thought was a 
awesome Parcells story. And, again, if you missed any of this, it's on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. But really enjoyed having Lewis Tillman on. Uh, Jeff Harrod, who was a great player at Ole Miss, went on to play in the NFL. Was a ton of fun to interview. Uh, Paul Mahalam, who I've known, but uh, he jumped on and, and shared some really cool stories. I didn't know that, that Mahalam – well, look, I, I knew that he was getting courted heavily by Major League Baseball teams out of high school, and it was a big win for Pat McMahon back then and Jim Case to land Mahalam and, and so on. But I did not realize that it went down to literally the night before and day of the first classes at Mississippi State as a freshman with the Minnesota Twins. And then at one point, he had decided to sign, and then he changed his mind, and then he goes on to have a heck of a career um, at, at MSU and in Major League Baseball with the Pirates and Cubs and and Braves and and so on, Dodgers. Ross, a great career in women's basketball coaching. She coached at Auburn, who was a power. Uh, she – well, resurrected the Florida program as the head coach for 13 years or so, and then went to Ole Miss. Went to the Elite Eight at Ole Miss. That's her alma mater. She played under Van Chancellor, so that was fun too. And John Mangum, known John the last few years, and we've had his son Jake Mangum on the show uh, a good bit, and that's been – that's been a ton of fun, too. But John's story is amazing, too, from McGee High School to Alabama to the NFL. I didn't realize they didn't have the practice squad right when he started, and then I guess maybe a few months later they did create it. Uh, he gets cut. I mean, this is incredible. He gets cut, maybe thinking I'm not I'm not going to play NF professional football. He gets cut by the Bears who drafted him. Then his former college coach, who's the head coach at Tampa Bay, brings him on when they create this six- or seven-person practice squad. Today, it's much bigger. Uh, Jason, if you would, look up how many guys are on the practice squad now in the NFL. Heck, I think they make $125,000, $150,000 a year. They stay on the whole time. Um, Bro, they have 16. 16 practice squad players who, as the name may suggest, do not play in games but can participate in practices. Perfect. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah, and then Mangum ends up making the, the Bears team and or get, gets on the practice squad and makes the team. So uh, it's crazy and, and stays in the NFL for nine years. So it was a fun week. If you missed any of our Hall of Famers, basically our Hall of Fame podcast, um, hit it. It's fun. I mean, Lewis Tillman, Jeff Harrod, John Mangum, Carol Ross, Paul Mahalam. It was a good week. And then throw in Mike Dettelier. And so on, we we did well. Lugan Bill, we moved uh, to next week. We'll do a we'll do a hit with Lugan Bill coming up uh, next week. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. You know, we were talking about some injuries earlier, the Drew Brees shoulder injury. Um, you know, anytime we're discussing sports injuries, they're powered by MississippiSportsMedicine.com and Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. We do want you to uh, 
to think about this today and throughout the weekend. Um, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. And really, I think that um, you should probably print that off your printer at your house and slide it in a little thing, whatever I'm trying to say, and have it on the island in your kitchen for you and your kids to see and kind of uh, embrace that every day. That's from Robert Sala, um, the head football coach for the Jets, when Sean Payton, um, well, basically took the Jets to the woodshed for how dysfunctional they are. Sean decided to go after everybody this week. The NFL and Roger Goodell for their uh, sports betting protocol, rules and regs, and for how poorly the Broncos were run last year. And the Broncos' former head coach is now the offensive coordinator for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And Sean's just Sean. In fact, let's bring up that whole clip, Jason, one more time. This is a good way to go out. Uh, Robert Sala, this was his reaction to Sean Payton throwing the Jets under the bus. Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Is he? You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But, uh, but as far as you know, what we have going on here, it's, um, you know, the. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. You know, it's uh, obviously we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four, and I'm good with it. You know, but uh, you know the guys in our locker room, they they've earned everything that's coming to them. Um, um, and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job, and, and we're focused on us. I get it. There's a lot of external noise. There's a lot of people who are hating on us. There's a lot of people looking for us to fail. There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Okay, so that was Robert Solid, the New York Jets head coach, after Sean Payton um, took several shots at the Jets and the former Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett who is now the offensive coordinator with the Jets. I love it. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So that's what you need to let everybody know today as you roam around in your world. Well, I thought it was a good week. I really did. I um, For Mississippi State baseball fans, that the Luke Holman thing didn't land well. I do agree with Steve. People are acting like they're not going to be, be able to play baseball. I actually think they could have a uh, – a really good team. Now, Justin Parker is going to have to, you know, do some – well, do what he's paid to do, and that's develop. I mean, they got talent coming back. But uh, get the most out of the guys that are coming back. And then they had some guys that didn't throw at all with arm injuries that are coming back that have already proven that they can play too. The dog looking to rebound from a disastrous 2023 um, baseball yeah, baseball season. I want you to cook some chicken wings this weekend on National Chicken Wing Day or order some from Two Brothers or Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue or Bulldog Burger right there on Lake Harbor and Ridgeland. I'll leave you with this. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by The Armory, Central Mississippi's number one source. For top-of-the-line, best-in-class, premium firearms, optics, and suppressors. Uh, They make the suppressor buying process simple, and they can walk 
you through the suppressor buying process. Their knowledgeable staff will get you set up with the firearm optics suppressor that fits your specific needs. The Armory, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland, right in front of Kroger. The Armory, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland, right in front of Kroger and right across from Gateway Tire. Um, all right. I had one more topic that I wanted to hit with Netflix and Johnny Manziel, but we'll get into that next week. That's a that's a fun topic. There's no telling what this docu-series is going to look like. For me, Johnny Manziel is the most electrifying player that I ever watched in college football. And I got to see Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Cam Newton, many, many others that were big-time players. But Johnny Manziel, watching him live, most electrifying player I've, I've watched play college football. Can you imagine what that Netflix series is going to look like? Um, have a great weekend. Paul Mahalam coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We'll see you Monday. Don't forget, hit Apple Podcasts. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Have a good weekend. Insider hit. And it's presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. Oh, man. Good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 1059 The Zone. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Your SEC Insider hit right now is brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. Enjoy uh, a nice cold beer like a Stella Artois and smash a burger with some buddies at Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Starville, Tupelo. Also uh, presented by, driven by the all-new Nissan Pathfinder body style at Canon Nissan in Jackson. We want to welcome in uh, Paul Mahalam, a fantastic player at Mississippi State. Went on to play for a long time, uh, Major League Baseball. First round pick, eighth pick, first round. And uh, Pirates, Cubs, Braves, Dodgers, and now lives in the Hattiesburg area. Was the ace right out of the gate as a uh, as a freshman. Paul Mahalam joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. He'll be inducted into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame this weekend. Paul Mahalam, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. You excited about this weekend? Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to you know the class that we have going in, just getting to know them a little bit better and uh, hear their stories. And uh, you know, it's a it seems like a good, fun class. And but uh, looking forward to some family and friends being in town and and uh, just enjoying it. Yeah, y'all are gonna have a blast. They do a, uh, I mean, they do a great job. We've been several times over the years, and you're going to be blown away. And it is a highly decorated class of of men and women, and of course, well-deserved. So I had to start off with, uh, and I'm sure you don't remember, but I got to ask you this. Senior year high school, what was your ERA? Like 0.37? Uh, so, yeah, so I was below one. I know that. I gave up <laughs> one run or two runs. You gave up two Something runs? Like I, yeah, I didn't give up very many. Yeah, so so, it was pretty low. I, 
I was thinking about that yesterday when I knew I was going to have you on, and I was uh, I was thinking, all right. So he was good enough to throw on Friday as a freshman. God, I can't imagine going up to the plate against Paul Mahalam as a senior in high school. Almost, you know, talking about unfair. Who was your lead recruiter? Was it Jim Case, McMahon? Was it somebody else? Who was it? Uh, Coach Case and Rappo. Or, uh, you know, obviously Coach Case, uh, you know, I was uh, they were both together most of the time, but, you know, obviously Coach Case was a pitching coach, so. But they were both around a, a decent amount, you know, whenever I was drafted out of high school. And then they were at almost every one of my starts that summer. And I tried to tell them, like, hey, y'all just y'all go. Obviously, we were in big terms, so they were still recruiting other guys. But I'm like, you don't have to be here every time. You know, I'm like, <laughs> go spend time with your family. We're good. And then when I gave them the scare that I was going to sign and, uh, and everything. So it was uh, – uh, you know, I'm still, you know, close with, with, with both of them. I talked to Coach Case more um, than Raph, but uh, I still keep in touch with, with, with most of them whenever I can. Man, I I loved talking to Coach Case um, back when I was in school. And really, really good dude. So how close was it? To, I, I, I didn't follow it your senior year. I, obviously, I know you're the eighth pick, first round, after three years at Mississippi State, as you should have been. Um were you drafted and said no, or did they just come at you and and you were kind of wondering what the number was going to be and how did that work coming out of your senior? Um, year? Uh, so they approached me pre-draft and asked if I would sign first. I think it was first pick or second pick of the second round, and they gave me the number. And I said no. So that's it's got to be more. Um, and. And that was the twins. So then they ended up drafting me in the seventeenth round and offered me the same number, um, plus a little bit of you know a couple extra incentives. And uh, and I agreed to sign the day before classes started because I was already moved into my dorm and everything. Um, and essentially, I didn't sleep all night. My mom was in town. I knew she didn't want me to sign professional. So I had to call the coaches and tell them I was going to sign and I was going to leave them the next day and everything. And then uh, I had something overnight just happened and I just woke up and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go to school for three years and see what that holds. I don't think I was ready to, I wouldn't, I don't think I was mature enough to, to head off to professional baseball. And um, then Raph was trying to find me at 8am class and, because I don't think my first class was to like nine or I can't remember what it would be, 10 or 11, somewhere out of there. Right. Nope, I'll go, I'll go to class. Cause it, you know, back then you weren't in school till you walked through the classroom door. Mm-hmm. Like now they have deadlines. Then it wasn't until you walked in. So, um, my mom was happy and you know, they were trying to find me class. I said, no, I said, I'm good. I'm staying here. I've made my mind up and went to class and, then had uh, three good years, you know, in Starbull and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you had three great years. I didn't realize, Paul, that it was that close. Wow. Yeah, it was closer than it should have been, but uh, everything works out for a reason. Yeah. Wow. I bet Jim Case and McMahon were just <laughs> freaking out. I've got to ask. I was, uh, I was texting with Pat um, a few weeks ago. I don't remember why I was going to bring him on. But he's still with the New York Yankees. He's busy as all get out. Oh yeah, uh, as as you know, as head of international scouting, and um, 
what was I going to bring? Anyway, um, that was great. So now I remember, uh, Oh one, I was at the sec tournament. Um, when you pitched on like Wednesday and one, and then you came back and pitched on Sunday and beat LSU and y'all won the sec tournament. But were you the ace, like literally right out of the gate in February or was it a couple weeks in? I don't remember, Paul. No, uh, you know, they obviously being a true freshman, um, I started came my first outing I think was relief against Notre Dame the first weekend. Okay. And I made I think one or so midweek starts. Cause we had a well, my freshman year we went to Notre Dame against Howman and then we went out to USC and faced Mark Pryor and a couple other pitchers and uh so I was getting my feet wet, and then all of a sudden, SEC weekend, uh, first weekend was against Auburn, and you know they called me in and told me I was starting. I believe it was Friday night, and because uh, I went back and forth between Friday and Saturday, mm. my first year, and uh, and threw well and kept the gig uh, for the rest of my career. Did you, Paul Mahalam? Uh, All-American and also first-round pick out of Mississippi State. He will be inducted into the uh, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame this weekend. Well-deserved. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. He played uh, 010203. I did not know the story of how close it was going throughout the night and morning uh, going into the first day of classes, and he decided not to sign. Who was it that you said, Paul, was was the team you were that, that drafted you? The twins were out of high school. Okay. The Pirates were uh, the whenever I signed out of college. Okay. All right. So, did you grow up a Mississippi State fan? Yes. Yeah, I came to. I can't remember exactly when it was. I was probably it was probably the early nineties. Um, went and sat in the bleachers and uh, for a couple weekends, you know, going down with with uh, with friends and you know their families and stuff, and decided and, you know that in my mind that was that was where I wanted to go, and uh, you know started following a little bit better and. Uh, you know, wanted to play for Coach Polk and just Mississippi State in general. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate for to have some options, but that was definitely my, my first option. Yeah. Who was, who would be number, when you were being recruited outside of MLB being an option, who would be your number two and three schools that were on you hard recruiting? Um, number two probably would have been Arkansas. And then three. There was a couple trips I didn't take, so I wouldn't know 100%. Uh, like, I got recruited by Tennessee really hard. Um, okay. And then there was a couple other ones that uh, were a little far away that I just kind of didn't really want to go that far from home. I wanted to go to a big-time school, but somewhat, you know, closer to home where if I wanted to go home for a weekend, then it wasn't a big deal. Sure. Paul, Paul Mahalam on the Out of Bounds show will go into the uh, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame this weekend. What, what, what were your expectations as a true freshman? Did you feel like uh, I'll be a weekend starter at some point, or, or how did that work? Uh, all right, coming out of fall ball mm-hmm. as a freshman, and then y'all get back on the field sometime in January or something. Uh, what were you, How was it trending? What were you thinking? Um. You know, my whole goal, I think I had I had a knee surgery that fall, right after fall ball, to just to clean up. And so, really, I was just trying to get ready for a season. And, okay. 
my main goal was to not get redshirted. Uh, my other goal was to just get innings. And, you know, so, I, you know, the, the better thing of, I guess, you know, even later in my career or whenever I made my debut and stuff in, in the major leagues was, you know, if you're kind of a younger guy, just kind of put in the work and try to push myself and, and be one of the better guys and, and uh, let the, you know, my stuff on the field take care of itself. And, you know, that way, you know, I think I showed confidence on the mound where Coach Mack and, and Coach Case and Raph were, were confident in putting me out there. So that was just – I didn't – you know, in my mind I wanted to, but, you know, you're, as a true freshman, it's a tough, tough thing to hand over to them. So sure. it, was, uh, it was definitely on my mind and, and a goal, but it wasn't expected at all. Yeah. By any means. Okay. Talk about um, Pat McMahon's personality because he's one intense dude. And he and he and Polk are, are totally different, although they worked very well together both in the 80s. And then McMahon left to go to Old Dominion, comes back in the 90s, and it, and it worked again. But just talk about his intensity level. And I like him a lot and, and his approach to the game. Uh, it was awesome. You know, I heard stories of whenever he was the pitching coach, you know, and I can, from the stories I heard, he was way more intense as a pitching coach than he was as the head coach. Obviously, you have to take on a different role, but he was, uh, you know, he he had expectations for you and he let you know. And um, if you didn't meet it, then you'd hear about it. And uh, But he was, uh, I think he helped me. Um, Obviously on the field, but off the field as growing as a person, as a and and somebody that you know you want to send out in the community, you know later in life and and be able to say that's one of my guys. So he was overall he's more you know he was intense and he expected a lot out of us, but he was there to to lift you up when you needed it, and he was there to you know put a foot foot in your tail if you if you needed it also. <laughs> All right, tell me about Paul Mahalam on the Out of Bounds Show. First-round pick out of Mississippi State to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Almost signed with the Minnesota Twins out of high school. I'm glad he didn't because I watched him pitch a lot at Mississippi State. Um, okay, you, you took a shot to the face in 2004 in minor league baseball. And, yep. God, I mean, so walk me through that and, and, and you know, that rehab and getting back because and then getting to the major leagues the next year in 2005, Paul? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was in Lynchburg, Virginia. I was in high A and was cruising. I had a really low ERA and uh, hung a curveball and got smoked and broke my upper lower orbital, my nose, my frontal sinus. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was bad. And uh, had surgeries or had a surgery um, a couple weeks later. And then uh, after all the swelling kind of went down and had to stay away from baseball for about eight weeks um, and went back down to, to Bradenton and the scorching heat of, you know, I think that would have been mid-July to to get back in shape for the second time to, to go into, you know, to make some starts and had double vision, um, didn't tell anybody. Uh, you know, they wanted me to talk to obviously sports psychologists and all this other stuff, and I and I refused. I just said, you know, hey, I pitch, I pitch this long, and it's the first time it's happened. I'm just gonna act like it never happened when I get on the mound, and um, and so I got back into shape, and 
So then I go to Hickory, North Carolina, which is a low A team. They didn't want to send me back to, to the scene of the accident, more or less. And uh, and I pitched for Double Vision for about five starts and just got shellacked. And I finally fessed up um, what was going on. And I had another surgery, and it cleared up my vision, you know, the next day. Thank and God. Then, uh, um, you know, luckily I didn't get injured again. But uh, it was uh, – you know, it was – I, you know, I look back on it and, you know, I'm just, I guess, stubborn, but, uh, got to spend time with my mom, uh, uh, and then got married that off season. And the next year, you know, I was just, my, my motto for whenever I was playing was, you know, if you don't like it, play better. So I went the next season and just decided that, you know, I was going to do everything I could to, to make them move me up. And I started in double A and then made my debut, uh, in August of that year. When you got caught, how did it go down? Were you, did the minor league manager come in yeah. after a game and tell you you were getting called up? Did a scout, how did that work when you knew you were going to get, go up um, to the big leagues? So I was only in AAA for about six weeks. And one of my buddies um, who was, had already made his debut and he was up and he was doing really well. I think he twisted his ankle or something and you know, I wasn't thinking anything of it, and we were in Columbus, Ohio, and got done with the game, and it was about 20, 30 minutes after the game um, before, I guess, the bus left. Uh, the manager called me in and informed me that I was heading up to Pittsburgh and uh, was going to make my debut, I believe it was two days later, because I had to go to Pittsburgh and hang out in the hotel because they had to make a roster move, and you yeah. kind of have to sit in the hotel until they tell you you're able to come to the ballpark and and uh, and everything. So it was a it was a kind of a whirlwind because I got rained out in Pittsburgh and actually made my debut in Milwaukee the day after I was supposed to. I, I was reading that. Okay, so what were the butterflies like on the MLB debut? Uh, well, it was weird because that was when Katrina was hitting. So I essentially sat in the clubhouse and watched the news most of the day, having family on the coast and. Uh, you know, I was just married and had a house down there. and um, So it was kind of easy pregame. Um, and then I actually had my first at bat before my first inning pitched because we were up 5 nothing. So I made the last out uh, of the first inning and I had to go throw. We were up 5 nothing, and my first pitch didn't make it anywhere close to the plate. I spiked it. Um, and then the first, first hitter uh, hit it off the top of the wall and had a double. I was like, yeah, this is a little different. <laughs> and then uh, I kind of I settled in and went eight innings and only gave up two hits and no runs. So it was a it was a good debut. Dang. Okay, so. that's strong. Paul Mahalam on the Out of Bounds Show, first round pick out of Mississippi State, uh, played for both McMahon and Polk in Startville, and will be inducted into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame uh, this weekend. Let me give you that rundown real quick because Paul and all of the inductees are in for a treat. So Friday night is the drawdown of champions. It's just a big party, and it's an absolute blast. It'll be at the Sheraton in in Flowood. Uh, Saturday morning is meet the inductees, and that's at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. So if you want autographs and so on, uh, it's a great time to take a little person up there and um, enjoy yourself in the, in the Hall of Fame's great on Lakeland Drive. And then uh, the annual induction banquet is at the Jackson Convention Center on Saturday night. They do it up and do it right. So Paul and all the inductees 
are in for a uh, a heck of a weekend. Did, let me ask you this, Paul. Did you, starting with the Pirates, did y'all fly, did, were y'all flying charter then or were you flying commercial? Uh, no, it was chartered. Okay. Started. Yeah, no, I'm not that old. Okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, man, you're yeah. you're you're a good bit younger than than me, but I just couldn't remember when that flipped. Yeah, at the... no, we. I mean, it's essentially, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Delta or whatever your team's sponsored by. It's a, a seven fifty seven or whatever that has first class and regular seats, and you just you know the team has charters that they. Uh, but so it's just only us on the planes. Okay, what was, what ballpark or town away? from Pittsburgh, did you love going to and competing in and playing in, pitching in? Um, Chicago at Wrigley uh, was one of my favorites. San Diego was a a fun little, you know, it was just obviously the weather's perfect and, you know, there's some cool spots to eat and, and uh, hang out, you know, close to the ballpark. And obviously it's a, it was a pitcher's park. So um, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. And then, you know, I always enjoyed coming back to Atlanta before I was able to play there, just because you know more family and friends were able to to get to those to get to those places. Yeah, what was it like to play at Wrigley? Uh, you had success there. Uh, you pitched there in t- 2012, I think it was. Yeah. Um, you know what what was that like? Uh, you know, it was. It's you know now the they've changed the schedule a little bit. They have more night games, but it was for the most part, it was almost like having a, a nine to five job because my oldest was, I think four at the time. So he did preschool there. So I was able to actually take him to school most mornings when we were at home and, and then head straight into the ballpark. And, uh, and then, you know, we'd have day games or if it was a night game, I'd be able to, you know, take him in, uh, once he was out and, you know, go play catch or whatever and eat dinner. And then, uh, you know, they allowed, um, the kids in the clubhouse to a certain point, so I'd eat dinner with them down in the clubhouse and then uh, send them up to, to my wife and in the family room. So it was, oh, you know, that was cool. the good part. It was almost like having a, you know, a regular, you know, hour, I guess, regular job of the hours that we, we were doing. And, you know, obviously night games were, were later, but you were still able to spend time and go explore the city and, and do stuff. That's awesome, man. Well, look, uh, it was good to see you a couple of months ago in Starville. I hope to see you again soon. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame. I know you are going. I know you and your your family and friends are going to have a a great time this weekend, and we appreciate your time today. All right, I appreciate it, Bo. Take care, Paul Mahalam. First round pick out of Mississippi State, the Southpaw lefty, um, and man, he got to wear a Major League Baseball jersey. How cool is that? I know when I was little, that's all I wanted to do. And to be able to go into all those ballparks, Pirates, Cubs, Braves, Dodgers, and everywhere else, got to be unbelievable. So let me give it. Let me give you the schedule again for this weekend. Uh, the drawdown of champions is Friday night at 6. Uh, tickets still available to the Sheraton in Flowood. And then meet the inductees on Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11.30 at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. And then the 60th annual induction banquet is at the Jackson Convention Complex at 5.30. That's the reception. The program is at 7. 
for tickets, go to msfame.com. M, that's Mississippi. That You can remember that. msfame.com, msfame.com, or call 601-982-8264. How about that? Mahalam almost signed the night before and had agreed to and then kind of slept on it or didn't sleep. And Ratho's trying to find him, Tommy Ratho at the time, an assistant coach who was a phenomenal baseball player from like 87 to 90 for Mississippi State, played first base, is trying to get him into an 8 a.m. class because it's when you set foot on class in, in the classroom, then you had to stay for three years. Paul Mahalam on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Starkville, and Tupelo. Good show today. If you missed any of our interviews with all of our Hall of Fame inductees, well, you can go to Apple Podcast and search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounce. Apple Podcasts, search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounce or Spotify. Thanks for listening to the show.